0: Welcome back to the St Edward's School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we speak to Alex McGowan about sport at St Edward's. We're going to understand what sport looks like at the school how to keep teenagers encouraged in sport and how the school provides for pupils of all abilities as well as the programme they have for the more able students in the sporting arena. But we also find out what Alex would compete in if she ever had the chance to be in the Olympics. So come with me as we step into the world of sport at St. Edward's School. Alex, thank you for joining us on the St. Edward's School podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Um, it's a bit of a cloudy day today and we're expecting a little bit of rain. Um, so for PE, it's not ideal, but um, it was very hot last week for our sports day. So something in the middle would be quite nice.
0: <laughs> ah, okay, so hot weather for sports day. Is that, a, is that a good thing or was it too hot actually?
1: Well, it, it, the perfect day in my opinion for sports day would be about 20 degrees, 19 degrees, a little bit of cloud and a bit of sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had 24 degrees and sun. OK, so right. um, really good for the track events, for the sprints, uh, particularly because you always get fast times when it's sunny. Um, but the, the, the pupils coped really, really well. And so did the staff. And um, yeah, we had 14 school records broken last, oh, wow. last Tuesday Gosh, for sports day. Wow. So, wow, that's yeah, amazing. it was a great day. Yeah, it is the best day of the year after all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, for someone who's involved in sport, that's not surprising to hear you say that. I'm, I'm intrigued, though. What is it about the hotter weather or when it's a sunny day? that makes people run faster?
1: I think it's probably something to do with um, muscle temperature. Okay. And also if it's if it's quite a still day, there's no, um, you know, uh, wind, for example, particularly, um, then therefore they're, they're, that, that it's a, an easier running um, conditions. Yeah.
0: Mm. Oh, I see. They say
1: sort of like Olympics who are, that are in very hot countries, it will mm. always be the, the sprint events that benefit most.
0: Right. Gosh, I never knew there are so many variables involved in this kind of thing. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to be looking at various aspects of sport within school, but I wonder, Alex, if you could just talk us through your own school experience, where you went to school and how you found it yourself.
1: Um, well, I went uh, to school um, in Milton Keynes, um, mm. St Paul's Catholic School in in Milton Keynes, and um, I was I loved sport. Um, I used to get told off for staring out the window in all of my <laughs> academic lessons, uh, watching <laughs> the PE lessons going on outside. Mm. And um, yes, yeah, sport was ever present in my life. Every single day, I was doing something outside of school or after school, um, being involved in all the the teams, mm-hmm. and um, it was definitely going to be my career path. um, one way or another Mm -hmm. i had sort of a a plan a and a plan b in my life plan a was to run in the olympics Mm -hmm. and plan b was to be a p teacher so Mm -hmm. you can probably guess which one um, worked out
0: (laughs) (laughs) well at the moment we've still got time of course
1: well true yeah never say never
0: (laughs) never say never Uh, so then what happened after you left school Where, where did you go what did you do after then
1: um, I went to Liverpool, to university, um, to study a sports science degree. Um, I did that for three years. Um, fantastic City, had a, a really, really good experience. And then I did my PGCE teacher training in uh, the University of Bath, and I had two um, training schools, one in Marlborough and one in um, in Cannes mm-hmm. and um, and they were fantastic experiences. And and I and it was the perhaps the first time in my life that I really felt that I knew what I was doing, that it, mm-hmm. I'd found what I um, I wanted to do for my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've and I've kept that feeling that every day because you work with teenagers. I mm-hmm. mean, lots of people might think that teenagers are really grumpy. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't think they are. I think they're mm-hmm. great fun. And every day I laugh, they make me laugh and I, and I enjoy my day, even when it's a stressful day. You know, obviously at the moment it's a stressful time because we've been doing lots of teacher-assessed grades, uh, which is obviously a new thing for the teaching profession. But mm. every lesson is, is different and the, the pupils really engage in those lessons and are just great fun to be around.
0: Mm. So tell me a little bit then about how sport looks at school. Maybe if I was a parent, I'd never stepped into the school before. Maybe if I was interested in sport and wanted to know how it looked for children of all ages. Tell me you know, in a snapshot what that looks like.
1: Well, we um, at Key Stage 3, so in the lower school, um, pupils have one P lesson and a games period every week. Um, games periods are span over um, an hour and 50 minutes in terms of length, and um, the P lesson is 40 minutes in length. So they have a huge amount of, of curriculum time with us in the, the P department. And um, then the upper school, the GCSE, they have a, again the hour and 50 minutes of games each week. But also have the option of, of choosing sports science at, to study at GCSE mm-hmm. um, and then at A level and they have the senior games which is again an hour and 50 minutes each week Mm -hmm. for our year 11 12 and 13 students and also we offer sports science at a level so in terms of curriculum time we're very lucky we have a Mm -hmm. huge amount of curriculum time at st edwards Um, and then after school and at lunchtime we offer clubs um, every day of the week and um, fixtures as well Mm -hmm. so it's a very busy school um, in terms of our our curriculum and our clubs and and fixture timetable and mm. um, but it, it's really sport is about everybody at, at St Edwards it, it is for everybody and designed for everybody so rather than it being just you know the top 10% that represent the school uh, we very much have a the um, idea that um, it, sport is for every child at every level and giving them every opportunity mm. so it doesn't matter whether you are you know an elite performer or whether um, sport is something that isn't your priority you will we we cater for for all of that spectrum.
0: Mm. So Alex for students then who are possibly more able in the sporting arena what opportunities are there for them to progress what their passion is?
1: So we have um, we call it the Steps Program, which stands for St. Edward's Excellence Program and Scholars. And if you're a sports scholar, you immediately um, go on to that program. Or um, from Year Eight op- upwards, the P Department select. Pupils um, to go into that program, um, so it's very much for the the most able um, students for sport. And within that program, we offer um, masterclass clinics mm-hmm. in a range of sports. So we have external coaches coming in to really work on advanced skills um, and strategy with our pupils in in mm. lots of different sports we also provide um strength and conditioning sessions each week um for our our steps pupils um working with um um one of our members of uh, P staff who is also a personal trainer as well okay. and um she works with them in our school gym and um, we also have um a, a lecture program where we have um a, um, elite athletes coming into school to talk to our children about and um, balancing their academic life with their training um mm-hmm. and also um, for mm. nutritional advice and and that sort of thing but this this program really ha- just highlights to us that these are our talented pupils who need that little bit of extra support and input from us but also it's it gives them that elevated status as well which is quite right because we've got so many um very talented pupils um mm. at st edwards
0: tell me a little bit more about these clubs. What clubs are available for for parents to send their children to?
1: So obviously we have. Um, it, it goes in a seasonal um, rotation. So in the autumn term, um, the the team focus is hockey for girls and rugby for boys. And then in the summer, um, netball, football, and hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the, um, sorry, in the spring term, netball, football, and um, hockey. Mm-hmm. And then in the summer term, it's cricket, tennis, and athletics. And then you know aside from those also cross country swimming swimming galas um so there's sort of a competitive element to our sport program but also a recreational um Mm -hmm. element so tonight for example after school on a monday is tennis club and that's very much come and have a go so it's it's a more relaxed environment more uh, recreational feel Mm -hmm. so that's that's to help engender that lifelong love of sport Mm -hmm. and activity it might be that you're not going to be the hockey player playing for the local team but Mm. you might be somebody who enjoys going and playing a tennis um, game with a friend and that's an important thing um, to engender that sport and activity is for everybody and not Mm. just for those people who might pigeonhole themselves as sporty.
0: Interesting because of course some parents will probably be in a position where their children will say that they're not very sporty and they just kind of don't want to At least least they might say that they don't want to get involved in any kind of sport at all. How can parents try to encourage their children to get more involved in sport if they are sort of maybe in those teenage years, at least when they're not at school? I'm thinking during the summer holidays, they might not want to engage in too much sort of physical activity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very much a family culture that you have um, in sport. Now, I come from a family who I'm quite the anomaly. I, I love sport, always okay. have done. My parents were sitting in car parks for years waiting for me to finish hockey training or athletics training or, or whatever. But they, they were, we were still very much an active family. So going on bike rides as a family, walks as a family. So I think it's, it's all about role modeling. Um, and it's certainly what we try to do in school so, we will do various activities with the children. So, for example, during remote learning, we were doing live workouts, we were filming skill sessions so that everybody could um, access the curriculum somehow. And many of the parents um, actually off camera were involving themselves in the live workouts. So, oh, wow. I think it's about showing your child that, that you you know, being active has many forms that it's not just about competition, that mm. it's actually just, you know, can be about recreation and enjoyment. Mm.
0: Okay, let's talk about co-curricular for a second. For anyone listening to this that has heard the phrase co-curricular, maybe doesn't know what it is. Can you just tell us what, what it is, please?
1: So I expect most people would understand the phrase extracurricular. And um, so co-curricular, extracurricular really are the same thing. It's it's simply. Um, semantics but the important thing about calling it for us calling it co-curricular is that it's the other curriculum the other half mm-hmm. so you have the half that is the curriculum in class where it's academic studies but the other half happens outside of the classroom so mm-hmm. at before school at lunch times after school on the weekends and that's just as important in terms of development of the whole child um, so putting those two curriculums together is significant for that development. So that's why we call it the co-curricular, that it it goes along with the the other curricula.
0: So what activities are included then in co-curricular?
1: So there's a huge amount. Obviously, all the sport that I've just talked about, that goes into the co-curricular as well. Mm -hmm. But also things like music, drama, science club, um, the combined cadet force, Duke of Edinburgh Award, all sorts of clubs that um, each department in the school uh, provide clubs at lunchtime and after school. So there's a huge variety and um so that it's a real go and have a have a go, get yourself involved. What are you going to be doing this week rather than you know it's something that other people do it's the mm. culture of we all do we all engage in the co-curricular mm. and it was interesting I was on a, a course last week um, about co-curricular and, and the speaker was talking about the link between wellness and involvement in in co-curricular activities oh, okay. yeah. and and whereas you can't you know you can't Definitively say that there is a direct relationship between happiness and um, being involved in a club after school, for example. Mm-hmm. But the the happier the child, the more involved the child happens to be. So you'll rarely get a happy child that never goes to any clubs or never involves themselves in any, in any community events. So I think there's a real relationship there between um, wellness, um, mental health, and being involved in activities.
0: Mm. Talk to me about some of the clubs that parents might not be so familiar with. I mean, you mentioned things like CCF and mm. Duke of Edinburgh. What, what are some of the clubs that parents might not be quite so familiar with, but children still get a lot of satisfaction from them and enjoyment from them?
1: So the, like, the combined cadet force, for example, is you know, a very, very important club in um, St. Edwards, there's a huge amount of children that are invi- involved in this um, this society in, in school. Mm-hmm. And they go off on field days, um, they learn all sorts of, of field craft and, and skills that are, are linked with the military but actually over and above that it's about leadership skills and community service mm-hmm. that they are part of something and they learn those those really important soft skills that mm-hmm. uh, are not overtly taught that they but they are skills that are so important for for life in general mm-hmm. you know being in a, in a business environment in the future, being able to speak in public. We have a public speaking and debating society that's hugely uh, popular. Mm-hmm. And and listening to those um, pupils deliver talks, for example, at the Stride Darnley, uh, society mm. on on a, something an interesting topic that they have an interest in is is fascinating and you I'm always impressed by how they they speak and this is because they have learnt these skills that they will forever um use throughout their lives
0: and how do you think sport has changed not just at St Edwards but just generally in schools over the years you know I'm thinking if we went back in time 50 years or so maybe 75 years ha- how different does it look today
1: I think there's as a real combination of the tradition and being innovative. That the many of the sports that, that are taught in schools across the country will have been taught 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. I think actually it's more the style in which um, it has been delivered. Okay. I think the you know the Miss Trunchbull um, stereotype of the <laughs> of the PE teacher is is so far <laughs> away from the actual <laughs> truth of of what happens, mm-hmm. and um, you know we're not there to um, send pupils off on a 10 mile cross-country run just to sort of be horrible mm-hmm. it's it's more about engaging in skill development um, in personal development in um, engaging with um, physical activity Obesity, um, for example, is an issue and will, and if, and will be an issue. You, you look at America, for example, and and, and the, the trends there. And it's so important for um, you know, sustaining the NHS, for example, that we have a, a, a very fit and active group of young, um, young people. Because if you're um, active when you're a teenager, you're far more likely to be an active adult. Um, mm-hmm. But if you are inactive as a, as a teenager, you're very unlikely um, to decide to just take up running or have mm. the ability to take up or the 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 motivation or the confidence to go to your local gym and do a, an athle- a, um, an aerobics class for example mm. or a, a spin class mm. so it's exposing children to the the vast amount of opportunities so yes the traditional sports are there but also being innovative for example in our senior games um, curriculum we bring instructors in from outside of school so we had a kettlebells instructor so Doing a, a kettlebells class now that will be something they've never done before, but something that they could do when they go if they join a, a local gym um, as an adult. The tradition is important, and there's so much value in competitive um, traditional sports, but also being innovative as well. Mm. Recently, we um, we took uh, rounders off the curriculum for girls, and the reason for that is that it was you used to be able to assess. Um, both boys and girls, at rounders at GCSE and A-level for sports science. And that was then uh, taken off the list of sports that you could be assessed in. Mm. So we we're essentially de-skilling the girls by teaching them a sport that has no pathway to it. <laughs> cool. Yes, you can play rounders for England, but there's very few people who who know who plays for England and, you, and there's mm. no other the nations that play rounders. So you know there's there's limited pathway whereas a sport like cricket is there's a a very well developed pathway for cricket it's a very Mm. skillful sport and um, over the last two years we've been um, developing that for the girls curriculum and they've absolutely loved it you know rounders is a great sport but cricket has so much more to it Mm. so much more potential
0: that's that's really interesting tell me more about how the girls have taken to cricket i mean how do they how do they take it when they're playing
1: They've really enjoyed it. Um I think it's it's like anything else, you know, something that's the unknown you're a little bit um mm. uh, worried of. Yeah. Uh but Actually, when you when you're exposed to it and you give it a go, it's mm-hmm. learning that new skill. Um, children pick up things so quickly, um, much more quickly than adults, yeah. and so and they're also willing to make mistakes. That's like the process of learning. You have to you have to make mistakes to to learn, and it's a failure is only your first attempt in learning. So. It's been a really good process. We've enjoyed it as staff as well, because of course that's that's we've upskilled in order to to teach cricket, and it, yeah, it's been a lovely process. And we're just really now excited to play some fixtures.
0: That sounds really exciting. That really does. Uh, and I do wonder at times if, say, in 50 years' time, we'll, we'll look back and we'll 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 say, why was it that we only used to teach originally cricket to boys and rounders to girls instead of letting the girls play cricket? It's it's quite yes. interesting, really, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I think there's a, a real um move to being a bit more innovative with the particularly the girls curriculum mm. um to 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 vet, to develop it but equally there's a huge amount of support for hockey and netball to remain as a, as girls sports mm. um you know there's a pathway for both of those sports for hockey is pathway for boys and girls in that sport mm. netball is a fantastic sport mm. and it um it the notion that a girl, girls' sport. traditionally girls' sports are somehow less than traditionally boys' sports mm. is, is incorrect. And, mm. you know, we, we will be innovative, but also we don't want to lose girls' traditional girls' sports simply to follow uh, a male model.
0: Alex, a couple of quick questions, mainly for you now, actually, less to do with uh, St. Edward's. Let's just say this. If you had to be in the Olympics this year, then what sport... <laughs> would you choose now to be your your strongest?
1: That's a really interesting question. Um, I still hold on to being the 100 and 200 metre Olympic champion as my plan A. Mm -hmm. So I think it would have to be that. But I'm obsessed with the Olympics every time the Olympics comes round mm. I'm I'm watching every hour that the of coverage that you can po- possibly watch and and I love the niche sports Um, I remember remember in 2012 at uh, the London Olympics I got really into shooting because we had a really you know uh, fantastic um, young uh, clay pigeon shooter and so mm. I was watching this the shooting and and you know knowing all the rules and, and getting really into it mm. Um, so I think I love the Olympics as, a, as, a, as a, um, an event, um, and I love the variety that's in the Olympics. Mm. Um, I would like to see sports like netball be involved in the Olympics, and squash, for example, mm-hmm. because the Olympic movement have you know involved all sorts of sports, like mm. golf, for example. Climbing is, an, is something that's coming into the Olympics, and mm. they're really diversifying. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame that sports such as netball and squash don't get a look in.
0: Mm. Well, maybe not yet, but maybe sometime in the future. No, hopefully in the, yeah. In the future. Yeah. And then secondly, uh, taking 100 and 200 metres out of the equation for a second, if you could choose to be instantly amazing at any sport, which would you choose?
1: Um, I'd love to be brilliant at tennis.
0: Oh, okay. Right. Every year,
1: every mm-hmm. year when the sun comes, summer comes around, mm-hmm. our tennis rackets come out of the cupboard, and right. and we we love playing uh, doubles in the in just in the P department, and um, and that's always great fun. But then the racket goes back in the cupboard. Now I'd love mm. to be a, a really good tennis player.
0: Mm. Well, Alex, it certainly sounds like you're in the perfect job, given what your interests <laughs> and passions are, and uh, especially working with children as well. We need to bring this to a close in a minute, but for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch with any follow-up questions, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: Uh, The best way would be to email me um, at a.mcgowan at stedwards.co.uk.
0: a.mcgowan at stedwards.co.uk. That's right. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here today and thank you for sharing your your insight into life at school in the wonderful world of sport. (laughs) Thank you. So that was Alex McGowan talking about sport at St. Edward's. Thank you, Alex, for coming on to this episode of The School Podcast. If you have any questions about the sport provision at school, then don't forget you can contact Alex directly by emailing a.mcgowan, that's M-C-G-O-W-A-N, a.mcgowan at stedwards.co.uk or through the school website www.sthedwards.co.uk. Now, as always, if you're not following this podcast yet, then now is the time to do so, because then when each episode is released, you just get a small notification to let you know that it's there. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.